0: What's up, what's up, what's up, Snap Survivors? I am Tasha Pierce. This is After the Snap, a virtual group therapy for everyone affected by Tony Stark's Snap. This is as good a time as any to tell you that parental discretion is advised. When listening to After the Snap, I say some real fucked up shit. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We are currently truly existing in the endgame now. We know everything we need to know about Avengers Endgame, including the fact that it has shattered, completely decimated the box office to the tune of $1.2 billion in this opening weekend. And guess who called it? That's right this girl i called this back uh maybe a month ago when i had uh from ada geeks on the show with me and i said you know i think it's possible and a little part of me said you know tasha you might be being unreasonable and setting these lofty goals but hey if it happens you can at least say i said it was going to happen and yep i sure did opening weekend one billion dollars worldwide 300 and some obscene amount here in the states of 358 million dollars just here in the domestic side of things and that that snap survivors is absolutely ape shit bonkers ridiculous now that we know that this was probably one of the most anticipated movies ever then i can say that uh I can say that without being like exaggerating. This is definitely a very highly anticipated entry into the MCU. In fact, the closeout, the culmination of the Infinity Saga. Boy, we got some shit to unpack. Now, again, I said uh said this in the prior episode, there is no way that I'm gonna be able to touch on every single plot point because by you being here, tells me that you saw Avengers Endgame, so you know how much movie was packed into that movie, there was like movie after movie after movie, again, each act being one hour long of this movie, that is insane, so no way, if I had a person sitting here next to me to kind of bounce off of, we might be able to touch at least 70% of the plot points but today, it's just an open discussion, I guess. It's just me saying the things that I saw that I truly enjoyed, the things that I didn't quite like, and where I am going to assume things could possibly be going moving forward. And I just think about this whole six months leading up uh, until Avengers Endgame with me having the, pl- the the podcast and we did the the Avengers MCU watch party and how that kind of made going into this movie a little bit easier because we watched the movies over we discussed it a little bit it gave us that top of the mind awareness for us to have been going back in Avengers Endgame and revisiting an awful lot of those plot points it's like wow i'm really glad that we decided to do that for our first project on after the snap and but the movies that you absolutely had to have seen in order to get like a workable understanding are iron man captain america all three of them avengers all three of those Thor probably the Dark World and Ragnarok you needed up to at least have seen Thor the the Dark World and Thor Ragnarok and then all the uh, both of the Ant-Man's that would have given you a workable workable understanding but just the uh, not seeing any of those you kind of can get lost I can see how easily you could be shaken up if you didn't see those movies fortunately here on after the snap we saw those now avengers endgame is by no means a perfect movie but it is a perfect ending to the infinity saga so i'm still racking my brain over um, a couple of plot points and my hobby is dissecting these kinds of movies so if i'm racking my brain i'm pretty sure i'm not by myself And then, you know, going back and listening to back episodes of After the Snap, I was right about a lot. I was wrong about a lot. But in true Tasha Pierce fashion, I am only going to highlight what I was correct about because I'm an asshole. For instance, I called the opening scene, right? I mean, besides the fact that I called the amount of money that this movie would make, I called the opening scene, right? I knew or I felt like Marvel would want to traumatize us, to remind us of the feeling of despair that we had at the end of Infinity War. So, why not lead off with Clint Barton enjoying uh, a day with his family and only to have them snapped out of existence? In fact, Clint and his family didn't even seem to know what was going on in the rest of the world, they're having a fucking picnic when the events of infinity war are are going on across the country how do you not how how does that happen you know (laughs) how unplugged do you have to be to not even know that this is going on and you could hear things booming in the background if you were paying attention you heard like explosions and it seemed like they were kind of far away but he and his family were just outside having a picnic yep But that was something that I thought that Marvel would want to start with. To put us right back in the place that we were when Infinity War went off. And then, of course, uh, the scene where Tony and Nebula are floating in the void of space. They don't have any power to the ship, even though they've worked on... uh, extending the life of the pretty much they were about to well tony tony was about to die and that's where we saw that recording in that commercial in the trailer for the for the movie so yeah tony looking real emaciated was heartbreaking to see him look that way to for them to okay we know that it's technology but oh my goodness they made him look really bad so dehydrated lips were super dry gosh he looked so bad but even in those moments we saw that as he was facing the reality that they may not get saved he and Nebula were playing paper football and he taught her how to play paper football he uh, basically is building her up is telling her good job is showing her that she's doing things right And then congratulating her on a win she didn't she didn't lose she won and when you win that's fun you know and he explained that to her and you could tell it was a foreign concept to her but to get to know tony for all of those days being the only two people on this ship they developed a relationship he taught her i guess a lot about self-esteem a lot about confidence a lot about you're not going to be perfect all the time but this is how you you know you continue to work on it he actually fathered her he fathered her for 23 days and we saw a lot of that with Tony we saw Tony uh, becoming quote unquote the father figure to characters over the over his arc The young man from Iron Man 3, who we incident coincidentally, uh, he showed up at the funeral. So obviously Tony has still been in contact with that young man. Then we see him take Peter Parker under his wing. Then we see how his interactions with Nebula, who definitely needed that type of build up, that type of dialogue with somebody. And then we saw it with Morgan, his daughter. That, that was a an evolution that we watched between Tony, but we also saw a lot of growth in Nebula. And that very emotional scene where Cap is trying to pick Tony's brain after he was rescued by Captain Marvel. He's trying to figure out what he knows about Thanos. And when Tony went off, I'm sorry... You know, that that just that, that took the wind out of me because that is the actual reaction that I could see any person having of one person being too hopeful and too optimistic. And this other person has been through hell. The last thing they see is optimism. As a matter of fact, when I was going through hell, where were you? You know, so that interaction humbled the shit out of Cap. And it was also just Tony just venting his frustration initially when he got off the ship and he first saw Cap he was apologizing I lost the kid and and Cap is telling him we all lost and he's saying he couldn't stop him I couldn't stop him I couldn't stop him The first that was his first instinct was to apologize his second instinct was to be pissed off at the people that's closest to him and that's he gave it he gave cap the business he gave cap the business he told captain marvel we need more like you you're you're a new blood oh my goodness it was heartbreaking a heartbreaking scene especially when he passed out after doing all of that very very heartbreaking i actually for a moment thought that tony was going to die before we even got into doing everything that we needed to do for this movie before we got out of the first act i thought we were going to lose tony and then when when the group that went to titan new titan to give that owns the business when that group got on titan the way they ambushed him that's like some shit that i've only seen like when people get jumped in in hood <laughs> and I've seen jump get people getting jumped like that Thanos is minding his own fucking business he got on his burlap shirt and he's carrying his bucket because he's or I'm sorry he's carrying his sack because he's trying to collect vegetables to make whatever kind of stew he was making it really looked like it was going to be good he was using his spices very sparingly he had his big cauldron on his fire boiling everything it looked like he had put a lot of love into the preparation of his food. And my son and I were kind of laughing because we were like, Thanos got this burlap shirt on. And he the only person on this whole planet. I mean, I don't know. Thanos was at home. Yes, he was weak. Yes, you could tell just from him limping up the stairs. He was weak and all this. And then here they come. For no particular reason. They even let this man get the last of his little stew That he had prepared. Then kicked his ass. Came straight in and did what should have been done. On Titan. When they were fighting in Infinity War. Came in. Kind of ambushed him. Cut his arm off. And then started trying to get the gauntlet. Just to find out it ain't no stones. Thanos destroyed the stones. And that is goes back to Thanos resolve and his genius that man is is a genius he knows that oh as long as these stones exist somebody's gonna come and want to get the stones and undo what I did so that's a and b if it kills me I'm gonna destroy these stones so nobody can do that that's resolve for your ass now that's somebody who is completely completely of the opinion that what they are doing is correct live or die you're going to live with the decision i made so now they basically they, they feel like okay damn there's no reversing this we really lost okay so now we move ahead five years later so we are currently as far as the mcu is concerned in 2023 and we see that natasha romanoff is kind of being like the de facto dispatcher of the avengers around the world and they are not taking no shit. they are trying to make sure that they are stopping any kind of threat cosmic or otherwise before it begins but there was a reference that Okoye made there were side were seismic activity Underneath, I think they said the Pacific Ocean. I forgot what ocean. And Natasha said, what are you doing about it? And she was like, we're not doing anything, basically, you know, about seismic activity under there. That could have been a reference to Namor being introduced into the MCU. Not saying that it was, but that would be a reason why wakanda is like when that shit happens under there we don't fuck with it now it could have just been an earthquake and what do you do when there's an earthquake but it also could have been could have meant that there was some activity from uh namor and his people at atlanteans you know i know they're probably not trying to touch that too much because of the aquaman thing but yes the atlanteans may be under there creating a little ruckus and Wakanda's like. Well we don't fuck with them. When they do whatever it is that they do under there. We do not mess with them. So that is a, a possibility. Not uh As Thanos says an inevitability. It is a possibility. Going back to Thanos. I'm sorry. I don't know how I got this far ahead. So when. They realize. That Thanos destroyed the stones, Thor just took it there and just chopped this man's head off almost damn it immediately he went for the head thor was still completely completely living in a traumatic state he wasn't thinking he was just reacting and 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 of course this time you see this person who says this to you before so this time you're going to do it i went for the head i think i might have called that i'm not 100 percent sure but yeah, I think he was, I said that he was going to stand out there and talk to him for a minute and then chop his head off. However, it definitely wasn't what I expected. Thor didn't do it out of anger or anything else. I think he was just reacting. He went for the head and he never, ever, until later in the movie, until he talked to his mom, in fact, he, he never got over. The trauma of all the loss. Everything just piled on him at once. And he feels like all of that is him. He had all of those losses. Instead of everyone suffered these losses. Thor felt responsible for those losses. And that's why he... That's why he was acting the way that he was acting. He, he didn't want to be in a position where he had to save everybody anymore. That's why he held himself up in his house. He was depressed. And I don't know if anybody else knows what that feels like to just function. He, he was extremely, extremely depressed. And I could uh, sympathize with Thor in the beginning of the movie. Then also in that same little meeting with Natasha, uh, Captain Marvel, Rhodey, Nebula, and Rocket, there was a a reference when Captain Marvel turned to Rhodey and said, "Be careful," and he nodded. And then they everybody disappeared, left the left group chat, <laughs> except for Rhodey. Well, there was one point in the comics where Rhodey and Captain Marvel were. Uh, romantic and I don't know if that was supposed to be like a little nod to that if it was it was very cleverly done and very subtle so I'm you know I'm glad they acknowledged it if they did if that's what that was supposed to be and I'm glad they didn't harp on it for a very long time they just went on about their business which was good now I'm gonna talk for a minute about Ant-Man Ant-Man truly truly earned his place as a character as an Avenger In this movie. You realize the. Even though the the lighter nature. Of the Ant-Man. Movies. Realize how important he is. huh? He truly. Came through in a lot of ways. In this movie. And and I was really really glad to see it. What I wasn't glad to see. It was how he returned. uh, To the, the land of the living. Instead of being in the quantum realm. And that was. That when that rats just happened to step on the button and and i guess i shouldn't be too aggravated by that because you know something going and happening by chance over a matter of years can create uh in something intelligent so out of out of chaos comes intelligence and no telling how many rats crawled over the console of that van but this particular rat just happened to accidentally touch the right combination of buttons and levers and outspits spits uh, Ant-Man. So at first I was really disturbed by that, but then I realized, you know what? It could have been thousands of rats who've crawled over that console. This rat just happened to be the one that, that created an intelligent sequence of uh, buttons being pressed. And there are those who would argue that that's how the universe was created. It was just this chaos, and then suddenly, bang, and then here we are. So, if it's good enough for the universe, I guess it's good enough to get uh, Ant-Man out of the quantum realm. So, when he came out, um, and he immediately went to figuring out what happened, what, what was going on, How he came to be in a storage unit, A, (laughs) and B, why did it look like a dystopian future when he was walking the streets of San Francisco? As it turns out, he he finds out that he is even thought to be one of the people who vanished. He finds his very, very grown daughter. uh, Cassie is all grown up, and then he, I guess, thinks about it long enough where it t- his thinking takes him to Avengers headquarters. And when he gets to Avengers headquarters five years later and tells them the story about time travel and, and a time heist, it does not even sound crazy to them. If this would have happened five years earlier, they would have kicked Scott Lang out of Avengers headquarters. But as it stands, it made perfect sense as crazy as it sounds it made perfect sense just like black widow said she's getting emails from a raccoon everything makes sense now you know so nothing is crazy anymore now time tra- time travel as a concept has uh, i kind of called it even though in fairness i think we all call that i think everybody knew that in some way we're gonna have to use the quantum realm to travel through time and space to write the ship, so to speak. So I won't be too uh, cocky. I won't be too cocky about calling the time travel because everybody called the time travel, right? Now, what I didn't know is that Marvel, in its like infinite wisdom about this kind of thing, rewrote the rules for time travel. They rewrote what we think we know about time travel through the movies so they named a whole bunch of movies back to the future the star trek movies a uh, hot tub time machine hot tub time machine which incidentally stars sebastian stan but that has nothing to do with anything i think it was just a funny reference but a uh, doctor who they said all of these things quantum leap <laughs> they said all of these things to put put out those concepts of time travel and make us throw them all away and this was their concept of time travel first a butterfly effect you can just throw that away and uh the theory of time loops you can throw that away so basically what happens if the avengers go back in time and change something in the past is they create a parallel timeline basically Nothing that you can do in the past, no mucking around in the past can mess up your present timeline and crazy I explained this way back when on uh in the pseudoscience episode but i did I still didn't have it to this extent where you cannot mess up your if you cannot visit the past and do anything to mess up the past because that's your once you get there that's your present it's crazy and i know it sounds cuckoo and as a matter of fact i'm gonna say it just the same way the hulk said it what what the hulk says is if you travel back into your own past that destination becomes your future and your former present becomes the past which can't be changed by your new future It all comes down to, you can't go to the past, kill baby Thanos, and then write a new future. Because this past, I mean, I'm sorry, this future has already happened. His death is not going to change the snap timeline the Avengers have already experienced. Going into the past doesn't affect their reality because their reality has already happened. Banner and the Ancient One had that conversation in New York in 2012 where she said, The Infinity Stones create what you experience as the flow of time. Remove one of the stones and that flow splits. So remember when uh, the Ancient One was talking to to Dr. Strange years later and talked to him about the multiverse? Well... I'm going to go out on a limb and say the multiverse was created from this moment in Avengers Endgame when these stones were taken out of their original timelines and not placed back where they were originally taken from, if that makes sense. So basically, they're saying that the main timeline wasn't affected because Banner said, hey, we're going to put the stones back where we found them in this original timeline. But on these other timelines, this multiverse that has now been created from meddling in the past. Well, those timelines might not be set straight. As They were only concerned about setting the, the, the timeline straight that they were living in. And it was a good thing that they did. Oh man, this is all about to get real convoluted. It's a good thing that they did because then Thanos destroying the Infinity Stones when he did was about to create a whole lot of problems for the entire multiverse that that is until the Avengers regathered the stones in the timeline that they're <laughs> that they're they living in right now. That made no sense, right? None whatsoever, but you'll get it eventually. You'll get it because it took me a long time too. So like one of the biggest questions was, okay, did Steve deciding to stay back in time? Did Steve deciding to stay back in 1945 fuck anything up? And the way I'm looking at it is we never knew who Peggy Carter's husband was. We knew she had a husband, we knew she had children could it be that steve rogers was destined to go back in time get back with with uh agent carter get married have a couple kids and kind of disappear when steve rogers gets brought out of the ice is that crazy of course it's crazy but it that that's the answer, that's the only answer. When he went and he took the stones back, it kind of tightened things up where these multiverses are not or these parallel timelines are no longer existing because he's pulled them back in by putting the stones back in time where they were taken. Even though I'm not a hundred percent sure how he knows where some of those stones were taken from, but I digress. <laughs> That's where things get mucked up. But as far as him going back in time and staying, I don't think that's one of the things that messes things up. I think him going back in time and staying was something that was supposed to happen. Crazy as that sounds. And also using uh, Banner's explanation or definition of time travel would mean that Nebula killing Nebula doesn't erase Nebula or whatever meaning that it makes perfect sense that one the one nebula that killed the other nebula uh, should still be living because nothing that you can do to a past version of yourself can affect a future version of yourself you know what i'm saying so if you've already lived out this future where you are definitely in the timeline I couldn't go back to 1973, the year that I was born, and commit suicide. Because I still have all of this that I've lived already. It makes no sense. But it does make sense, if you really think about it. Now, I really, the one that really kind of is messing me up, I guess, is the Gamora Gamora one. Because Thanos sacrifices Gamora. Then Gamora comes back, helps the Avengers defeat Thanos, and now she's missing someplace in the present, which is 2023. I don't understand if she is this is that where you get a loop because if Thanos doesn't sacrifice Gamora, the snap doesn't happen, and they don't thus the Avengers don't try to reverse the snap. And then they won't go back in time and pull the uh, the past Gamora into the future. And I know that doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. It, it's not my fault. I'm just going by what is happening. But that is the one thing that I'm I'm having an issue with. I'm having an issue with it because she died in 2018. Okay, so if Gamora died in 2018, now we got one running around in 2023, but that one is really from 2014. Does she just come up missing in 2014? And then in 2020, I'm sorry, I don't get it. Does she just come up missing in 2014 and then show up in 2023? But there's a gap of five years. So she's not the Gamora that died. We know that. That's for certain. Um, and I'm guessing a lot of that is going to be answered in Guardians of the Galaxy. Or as Guardians of the Galaxy. Or however you want to look at it. But yeah, that's the thats the person that's really causing the most headache for me. Is Gamora. Everybody else, I can understand or at least partially explain In a way that's satisfactory to me. But Gamora, I'm just not wrapping my mind around how they're going to make her presence correct. Even though currently we don't know where she is. She might not be present. We do know who is present. And that is Loki. Unless he died somewhere. Which I called i called that loki is probably alive and i just was crossing my fingers that he was and this is how he ends up living he ends up living because of the time travel thing so i tell you what i might have something else for time travel a little bit later moving into this uh, episode but you see how easy it was to get wrapped up in time travel for 20 minutes loki is alive somewhere that's what's making his show possible because he's not dead so, not a prequel. He is definitely moving around in the 20 at least 2012 timeline, and there's no telling what he's done since then. But um uh, I'm gonna leave time travel alone because that's gonna that's that's a problem. As a matter of fact, if I can make a chart or if you all would like to assist me in, in getting a chart together to where we can explain. Time travel, we're going to dedicate an entire episode in the future to nothing but Avengers in-game time travel. How about that? So the collecting of the stones by the Avengers, you know, of course, things were going to not go as planned. If it went straightforward as planned, I'd have been pretty pissed off. But the thing that really kind of wrecked a lot of people was Black Widow and Hawkeye. Which, by the way, I called. (laughs) But uh, Black Widow, because a lot of people are saying, well, neither one of them sacrificed themselves. You were supposed to have to sacrifice. If we use the words that Red Skull used when he's telling them what they have to do, he's saying you have to lose that which you love, a soul for a soul. He didn't say you have to kill That which you love. He said, You have to lose that which you love. A soul for a soul. So now they have this battle about whose soul is going to pay the price for the stone. And ultimately, Black Widow won. And she won for the reasons that I said in maybe a couple episodes ago where she didn't have as much to lose as Clint did. And he said it was an everlasting what did he say? An everlasting trade? or something like that that's what Red Skull said everlasting trade or something like that to the point where it makes if you feel like it's it's basically permanent that you can't bring a person back and then when Hulk especially Hulk said he attempted to bring her back when he when he performed the snap so right now it appears that Black Widow can't come back but I'm still not convinced that her death is permanent i feel like somewhere in the future something crazy happens because how do you return the stone so do you return the stone now i'm giving you this soul back do you give me a soul (laughs) you know it's a soul for a soul so if i'm bringing the stone back right where i got it from do you give me a soul now you get what i'm saying so i don't understand uh, I don't understand how that is going to work. I, I do, but I do believe that we will see Black Widow again, not just the one in the movie. And I really hope that the movie, now that we've seen that she was the de facto leader of the Avengers, when when all of this dusting and all of this was going on, she, she had kind of kept her head, even though you could still tell she was destroyed by it. But she kept her head enough to continue to dispatch people and to get accountability from the heroes as they moved on i hope they decide to delve more into those five years with with natasha there was that one scene in the home i don't know if i missed it where she was sitting kind of in a courtyard by herself and it looked like she was deep in thought i didn't see that in the movie and I'm wondering, would that be a scene that was shot for the next movie? But we we shall see. I don't want to theorize on that too far ahead of time. You know what I'm saying? I do believe that, that we will find out a little bit more about what she was up to in these five years in her movie. And I'm kind of excited to see that now. And I'm kind of wondering that with all the manipulation and all of the timeline I guess manipulations does any of this manipulation create an opportunity for mutants or the fantastic four to be introduced into the mcu and if if it was going to happen that's the that's the perfect time for it to happen for all of this mucking around to be happening in the past to be doing all of that it could create an issue or create a situation where we see the introduction of mutants and or the fantastic four all right going back to where i said something that was um, aggravating me about the hulk why do they keep playing him so okay the opening scenes of the movie when they were all talking about going over to to new titan and and jumping thanos they go and they jump thanos and then they lose, or they didn't particularly lose, but they didn't win either. Then we skip ahead five years. And we skip ahead five years and find out that the Hulk is now Professor Hulk. He has full control over his faculties. He's no longer angry. He's he's a congenial. He seems to be even more confident than Banner by himself. So now Hulk is this congenial person, and, and, and mind you, I know that after they made the Stark gauntlet, and he performed the snap, and it took a whole lot for him to do it, it shows that he is the only person who could have performed this snap, but it also is it's weakening him, it's like he's very weak, he's not the same Hulk yes we see him hold up a building of course now he's only got one arm to work with but you see him hold up a building but then we don't see him make a huge impact on the battlefield so there's just a lot about what what's going on with the hulk that i am not completely in agreement with i think the hulk needs to be shown in a different light now I, i gave an opportunity for the directors of these movies to build upon the arc that they've been trying to build upon over a number of years here but i'm not seeing anything being done with the hulk besides uh making him an intellectual which is fine i like this version of the hulk i believe he has personality and and i like that but i would like to see the strength of of the hulk and a lot of it okay is it because he's not angry anymore because he's look if somebody tries to drop a fucking building on you and your friends you've got plenty to be angry about so get mad (laughs) you know get mad and tear some things up smash okay and in no order did i go through the first and the second act now we're gonna head into the third act and just really just remember just reminisce on the beauty of that third act where okay the second act ends with Hulk snapping and everybody's brought back but we don't know this particularly yet but we do see that you know trees and stuff are come back so some life has come back so that's also the time when, when Thanos just obliterates Avengers headquarters from above and and then he's like you know telling them nebula go get go get the uh stones that they collected for me <laughs> so i can do what it is i'm trying to do and uh i'm gonna sit here and wait so as he's sitting there and waiting we see the big three thor captain america and iron man basically assessing the situation and they like okay let's let's approach let's approach him let's go and let's this time Let's end it for good. Let's make sure we do it right. All right. So, they go. And it ain't no ambush. Thanos sees him coming. He's kind of expecting him to come. The fight that ensues after that is just something on fucking epic proportions where it's just Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The amount of, man, I can't even call it choreography because it was just so wild. And the fight was just so well put together. First man that Thanos is able to take down is Iron Man. So now Iron Man is out of the fight for a minute. Now it's just Cap and Thor whooping on Thanos. And somehow, I I can't even remember how. But I know that the fight becomes one-on-one, Thanos and Thor. And Thanos has Thor in the position that Thor had him in, in in Infinity War where Stormbreaker aimed right at the chest. And he's pushing like he's trying to push it in. And suddenly you see Milnir fly past in what had to be one of the geekiest moments of the entire third act you look up and Cap has got Mjolnir and Thor says I knew it and what he's saying that for because I believe and I think Thor believes it too that in Age of Ultron Captain America wiggled Mjolnir I believe he could have picked it up but he what he didn't want to do because he's such a good guy is upstage Thor point but i think he knew then that he could pick milnir up and then there are questions people saying well how's he able to bring down lightning if you remember what odin said when he whispered the 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 spell onto milnir he said "Let he who is worthy have the power of thor way back then whoever gets this this whoever can lift milnir has thor's power he is now kind of like thor that's why he was able uh with cap he he got super quick he he was more enhanced than he already is on top of that he is still the skilled soldier that he's always been he's always been skilled in the art of hand-to-hand combat he's still that skilled fighter so yes he was he was able to really stand a hell of a chance, he pu- he put some shit on Thanos, where Thanos was like going through it, it looked like Cap was going to beat him up, but then Thanos, again, he's skilled as well, and he's got years and years, and I don't care about Steve being a hundred years old, you're not thousands of years old, or at least hundreds of years old like Thanos is, so, Thanos is going to whoop you with experience point blank and period and that is exactly what happened he he got him down and then starts monologuing then you see Cap get up and I thought he was going to say it but I know even if he even though he didn't say it I was saying it for him I can do this all day he got up and he tightened the strap on that piece of a shield that he had Which I have a problem with. How did he get the whole shield back to give to Sam? But I digress. He pulled the strap on that piece of a shield. And he was facing Thanos' entire army. Thanos had called down his army. Said he was about to enjoy what he was about to do to this planet. He had already made up his mind. That... This time I'm not trying to do half a shit. I'm going to just eliminate everybody. So there's nobody who remembers what it was like. And is going to try to undo what I'm doing. So this time I'm just going to destroy everybody and start fresh. So the last movie. If there was any question. Thanos was the protagonist. And he was presented in a way. That kind of made us sympathize with him. This version of Thanos this version of Thanos is making sure we know I'm not I'm not that same soft guy I'm not the dude that's gonna go through and and do half of nothing it's all the way or it's no way I'm killing all of (laughs) y'all and I'm making sure ain't nobody left that remembers what it used to be like because I want a grateful universe and if you've ever listened to my episode the church of Thanos you were saying you would see that i was saying that thanos was acting as a god in infinity war and in this version of thanos is also acting as a god he's acting as a god where he's saying i i want y'all to be grateful that i'm i'm killing or that i've created this world where i've killed off a whole world to make this world for you and i want you to be grateful about it that's a godlike quality i digress again these are all things that I'm pretty sure over the next few years we could talk about but that was just something that came to my mind as soon as I heard him say it but um, anyway so now they're about to just decimate Earth find this gauntlet and do the rest of the, the, the universe basically so now we got stakes now we know what we're fighting for in the meantime Cap is standing there what is one man going to do against an army but then you hear Cap, do you hear me? Cap, on your left and oh my gosh it was like I just got so excited when I heard that and I'm pretty sure Cap was looking around he looked confused the acting was so superb our our main actors in this movie acted their asses off the acting was so superb, he looked around, he first was wondering, like, am I hearing things, and it was just a state of confusion, (sighs) then those portals open, and oh my goodness, out steps T'Challa, Okoye, and, uh, and Shuri, my question is, how is Shuri in, like, her war, her tribal war garb, that's not the way she that's not the way she she got dusted. She got dusted. She was just regular Shuri. So how did she get into this? But well, neither here nor there. She's in her tribal garb. She got her little of uh, those. What you call it? Them, them gauntlets that she used. Then you see, freaking portals open up everywhere, and just oh, different factions of what's going to be the hugest Avenger, Avengers. Uh, army ever assembled and they're all just coming in and fouling behind Cap you got the Asgardians along with Valkyrie with wherever she got her flying horse from she got that too so you got the sorcerers from all the sorcerer schools of course you got Doctor Strange uh, opening the portals you got the Wakandans you got every hero that got dusted just all popping back up. You got Ant Man who then turned to Giant Man because he had to save Rhodey, Rocket, and Hulk from underneath the rubble of Avengers headquarters. You got the army of our dreams just standing out here on this battlefield. Then you see Thor look up and he joins it. Then you see Iron Man, he joins it. Then you see Pepper freaking pepper pots in the rescue armor she's joining it then okay at this point they strapping on he's strapping on his his uh shield and he says avengers assemble and boom it, it just went off and i was like it was so nice of thanos to wait for all of this to happen before they start their attack <laughs> But I'm glad he did because I needed to see all of that. All of that I needed to see. And then are scenes. Oh, I forgot about the Scarlet Witch. But there, there were scenes where, at least one, where the women just brought it to Thanos. And you know, little parts of me saying, you know, this is going to make a lot of people mad. I don't give a fuck about them being mad. That was so dope. You're not only getting your butt kicked. You're getting your butt kicked by the women of the MCU. Boy, they put the flops on him. But then, when he had to come face to face with Scarlet Witch all by herself, she said, you took everything from me. He was like, I don't even know you. She was like, you will. (laughs) Once she said, you will, I think Scarlet Witch could have killed Thanos She wanted to torture him. If she would have just ripped him to pieces right then, that would have been the end of it. She wanted to torture him. She wanted him to feel the hurt that she felt. And that's vengeance like that is what gets our heroes because she could have did him in. She could have killed. She's powerful enough. She could have killed him. She didn't because she wanted him to feel tortured by what was happening to him. And that's giving him the opportunity to say, rain fire, and, and his troops are scared, but, what, but, our, but our, what about our troops, he was like, just do it, so now they start raining fire, and the sorcerers start holding up these shields above everybody's head, so that the the gunfire from ahead is not make, connecting with the troops, because with the Avengers troops because they got the sorcerers holding up these things like umbrellas making sure that people are not getting hit by this uh, hell of fire coming from the sky and then suddenly suddenly the fire stops they turn their weapons upwards and it was like oh my god oh my god here she comes Captain Marvel and man I was so happy to see this bitch and the thing is I really didn't like her in the Captain Marvel movie, but in this movie, I thought she was the truth, and maybe it's because it was just small doses of her, or maybe it's because this was her first take on the character, because Captain Marvel was filmed after this, so this version, the way she played Captain Marvel in Avengers Endgame, I'm totally behind, I like the character, she came and she was doing her thing. Then, you know, is playing. they're playing keep away with the gauntlet from Thanos. And it starts off with Hawkeye. Hawkeye gives it to T'Challa. And T'Challa looked like a true-to-life running back. Like he was fluking, juking, hurtling people. He reminded me of Walter Payton. So, yes. Okay, so finally, he's got it knocked loose from him. He gives it to Spider-Man. Spider-Man starts making his rounds with it. Spider-Man finally, you know, he he got pretty far with it. And he used instant kill on the spider suit which was dope. <laughs> dope, dope, dope. He finally the person he passes it to is Captain Marvel and then Captain Marvel is like I'm going to get it across and you know that's when all the girls got around her and was like she's going to be able to do it we're going to make it very possible for her to get from here to there with this gauntlet so she's trying to make it across the, the, the parking I mean not the parking lot the battlefield and she runs directly into Thanos and now she's fighting Thanos and we see what we expect to see with captain marvel fighting thanos she is holding her own he tries to headbutt her and she grins you know what i'm saying that's that's not about she's not the weak person you know they having a scuffle but she's showing that she is very strong she's keeping his hand open because he had gotten the gauntlet and forgot fuck how the fuck he got the gauntlet so she's keeping his hand open making sure he is unable to close his hand as long as she's on the battlefield And then he takes the power stone out of this gauntlet and this is remember this is not the gauntlet that dwarves (laughs) made for thanos this is the stark gauntlet so okay she's making sure that he's not closing his hand he finally decides he's gonna pull the power stone out of the gauntlet and he punches her with it and that's the last we saw of captain marvel she was gone after that but it took him to do all of that to get rid of her she was just pesky but then now you got Tony running for the gauntlet and oh you know holding it open and wrestling around and Thanos shakes him off and oh my goodness you could just see the look on his face he's like I'm finally gonna be able to do this and he snaps his fingers and nothing happens because Tony with his stark technology has pulled the switcheroo with Thanos so now Tony has the gauntlet on and when when Thanos was doing his little fake snap that he thought was going to work but it ended up not he said I am inevitable and when Tony when he looks up and sees Tony with the gauntlet on he says And I am Iron Man and snap he dusts all of Thanos people all his troops everything that he brought with him he dusts them but in the process man this is the one that you know I wasn't expecting in the process we lost Tony So, yeah you know I I, uh, I said in one of my episodes that what well, doesn't Tony he's he's not had a moment of, uh, of pretty much rest <laughs> uh, where he, he has to continuously be thinking about ways to combat this attack that he knew was imminent so doesn't he deserve to have uh, to get married to Pepper and doesn't he deserve to have a daughter, or I mean, not to just have a daughter, I said to have children, doesn't he deserve to have that kind of happiness, and I guess he did, he did have that for five years, and then, uh, then this happened, and he knew that this was the only way, as Dr. Strange said, this was the only way, and he did what he had to do, he sacrificed himself uh, for the universe and that was just so heartbreaking and I'm still kind of uh about it but uh, another thing that I said that would happen was uh, yeah that he would live to be he would get some happiness and he did and then eventually you know I mean uh, he still ended up being one of the characters who died and let's be realistic we didn't see a body <laughs> we saw the body at the end of the battle where the arc reactor went off and he just sat there just gone and you got you got everybody just so sad to see that his life was lost in the heat of battle what other way could you let a warrior go out though so yeah Tony um, <coughs> yeah you had pepper there so at least he was with he had her permission to go we're gonna be okay Tony we're gonna be alright and she's smiling at him didn't want him to see the last thing that he saw was her crying because then he would fight to live you know <laughs> so she she made sure she put on her best face told him everything was gonna be alright and he passed away and oh it did it break my heart yeah, everything was made possible by Tony, which is why Dr. Strange spared him in the uh, Infinity War. And again, a lot of the stuff that he was doing was just stalling. He needed to have the proper pieces in place for for this battle to go off the way it did. In fact, even Wong was like, it, you know, Dr. Strange asks Wong, is that, is that all? And Wong said, you wanted more? How many people did you expect to get on this battlefield? But uh, it was dope. It was a dope battle. It just, you know, you lose one of your key components and it becomes heartbreaking. And Like I said, the funeral. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess they cremated him and then they put the remains in the arc reactor and then they set that out. Uh, the the one arc arc reactor that says proof that Tony Stark has a heart they put that out and just let it float off, float away now however i'm saying that that we've not seen a body because you know it is just comic book uh, 101 is that people really don't die <laughs> so um here we are he, he may come back he may not we may never see him again we may see him again who knows who I was really intrigued about seeing again was the young man from Tony Stark, from uh, Iron Man Three, the the Harley kid. He he made the funeral, which again I said I think I said it at the top of this makes me think that he stayed in touch with Harley, and it also makes me think that there is an opportunity for the, an Iron character to show up. Could be this this kid Harley our last scene we talked about captain america going back in time and hanging out with peggy for what 60 years or 50 years or however long it was but uh he also gave the shield to falcon which was it just me it didn't seem like bucky knew that was going to happen so did bucky Seems like bucky knew that cap was going to stay in the 40s for a long time because he was his goodbyes and stuff was far more permanent sounding than hulk and and falcon it's just like they were like oh we'll see him in five or ten seconds and bucky is saying bye like he knows he's not gonna see him for a while so i think bucky knew i think bucky knew everything and i'm sure we're gonna find out more when falcon and bucky comes to the uh disney plus streaming service just like we're gonna find out more about what's going on with Wanda, what's going on with what's going on with uh, Loki, lots of stuff that we need to find out the um, see the what if cartoon. I'm very interested in seeing what goes on there. We're gonna find out a lot more, especially since they say those TV shows are going to be directly feeding into the movies. So I am very excited to see what happens there. Uh, But we do know that Falcon going on will be Captain America. Thor going on is probably going to hang out with the Guardians of the Galaxy. We may see more of Valkyrie going on because now she is the leader of Asgard. Captain Marvel is still doing her thing. We see Peter has made it back to school. And how awkward must that be where, of course, in those five years, people have moved on. Only people that will be the people who were snapped out of existence will come back to a whole set of new kids at the school. Um, Having to fit in again. But Peter Parker is definitely, has definitely grown, matured, and it's not over five years because he was snapped out of existence one day and in minutes, what felt like minutes later to him, he was back. But the maturity that of going to, first of all, to other planets, second of all, to be involved in these huge battles, I'm sure has grown him up. And I'm sure the same way we had to see Thor come to terms with his losses, we're going to have to see that in Peter Parker as well. He's going to have to come to terms with his losses. You can keep questions coming in if you're if you have questions or comments you want to correct anything that i've said over the course of this say hour you can send me correspondence at after the snap at gmail.com we we are now group therapy for those affected by tony stark snap so things had to change because of the changing landscape of the mcu but one thing that will not change is we will still be here putting on a good show. Hopefully, <laughs> at least once a week, but I'm but I'm shooting for twice. If anything changes, I'm gonna let you guys know. Um, you guys can catch up with me on social medias at After the Snap on Facebook, Snap After on Twitter, and After the Snap 2018 on Instagram. If you would like to donate to the, to the podcast you can do that at patreon.com afterthesnap after the snap you can also just paypal.me slash after the snap for a one time donation we'd appreciate anything that you could do to help the show grow and on that note I'm going to call it a day since I got nothing else for you I'll catch you on the flip